If it's okay with you, I would like to take a second to discuss the state of the COVID-19 agenda. COVID-19 is just one part of a multifactorial plan by the central bankers and insurance companies to essentially crash and replace the U.S. dollar uh, with cryptocurrency and subscribe unsuspecting citizens of the world to do what can only be described as a technocratic slavery system. I wish there was a softer word for it, but there there isn't. Um, so kind of here's how it rolls out. First, you use the magic virus to scare people. Now, I'm not saying the virus isn't real. I'm not saying that I'm a COVID denier or anything like that. We're just talking about strategy here. There's plenty of evidence that this uh, virus was man-made. Um, statements made by former Nobel Prize winners, the, 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 in, the scientist who discovered HIV pointed out that the COVID-19 could not have occurred naturally through mutations. There's a paper trail from Fort Detrick in the United States, and then moving that research over to Wuhan, and then we all know what happened from there. So that's what I mean by the magic virus. And um, okay, so first, you use the magic virus to scare people. Next, you persuade people that the only way to protect themselves from the virus is to get designated tests like the ineffective and highly false positive producing PCR test and toxic vaccines rushed and injected up their nose near the brain blood brain barrier. Then you keep the ingredients of the vaccine secret, attacking or killing scientists or doctors who try to document or publish the real ingredients. One such example would be thimerosal, which is really just mercury. Um, it's a form of mercury that is just as detrimental to the body and nervous system. If you look at the ingredients on the COVID-19 vaccine, you're not going to see thimerosal, you know, and then there's plenty of others, including uh, aborted fetal cells. Many people don't even realize that those are utilized in uh, a great deal of pharmaceutical products, but especially vaccines. Then... You get vaccine mandates legislated around the world and end religious exemptions. Bankrupting and outlawing the churches helps with that, especially because you need a large supply of aborted fetal tissue for such a massive global vaccination program, as mentioned. You build a large army of contact tracers and snitches to locally herd people into the vaccination process and call the herd people who may inspire resistance to the process. And we see this happening through um, <clears throat> step one, which was economic dependence, right? You get people to close their businesses or create mandates that make it difficult for them to stay open. That economic dependence makes people, especially people of low morality, more likely to accept money to do immoral things like snitch. As you shift all of the essential businesses into your companies, you require the vaccinations for employment, purchases, and transactions. Now that you've shut off many people's income and moved them to dependence on government subsidies, receipt of subsidies can be made subject to vaccination. So none of this really has anything to do with health. It has to do with hurting the population into your control system. And right now we are at the end 
of a fiat currency-based control system that is falling apart because it's got way too much debt. And we're in, in the midst of a complete currency reset by the parasite class, you know, the central bankers and insurance companies who have engaged in Ponzi schemes and theft uh, for probably thousands of years. So what's the move? Um, the move is to start regenerative, community-sufficient tribes that are of high-morality people that are living in harmony with nature. That's exactly what we're doing. I'm a big believer in being the change that you want to see in the world. And um, we are forming an incredible group of people with off-grid power, uh, no Wi-Fi or wireless uh, radiation, but we will have you know fast wired internet. We're going to have spring water on the property. We're going to practice loving thy neighbor, respecting everyone. It's not a commune or anything like that. Just think of it like a community of people or a neighborhood, a small town of people who who get it, who see with both eyes, who honor their bodies and who live from the heart and put. God, the laws of God and the laws of nature above the laws of man. Um, if you guys would like to learn more about this community, uh, you can do so at biohackercoaching.com. I do want to mention that the, um, you know, if you're going to book a time for us to talk, you want to kind of be in a position where you could move if you're accepted into the community. And uh, the minimum donation that guarantees a quarter acre of land is uh, 25K. So I just want to put all of that out there and be respectful of everybody's time. But if that sounds like something that you may be interested in, go to biohackercoaching.com, fill out the short form, mention community. And um, yeah, we've got a beautiful mix of entrepreneurs, healers, yogis, health professionals, families, and individuals who value freedom, connection, and living in harmony with Mother Earth. Um, all religions, except for uh, except for Satanism and Luciferianism, <laughs> never would have thought I had to mention that until uh, 2020, are valued and welcome. So it doesn't matter to uh, it doesn't matter if you're Christian, Muslim, uh, Jewish, as long as you put God um, up top. That's all that really matters here. So biohackercoaching.com is where you can check that out. Just mention community. And if you want to have your application skip to the front of the line, uh, text community VIP after you've completed your application and finished and, and booked the time uh, to 847-989-3743. That's community VIP to 847-989-3743. Thank you. This is your life, and it's ending one minute at a time. I was blind, but now I see. Working jobs we hate, so we can buy shit we don't need. Ideas are brittle. If you had one shot, everything I'd ever read, heard, seen was now organized and available. Now you fucking khakis. Life moves pretty fast. The Biohacking Secret Show. All right, Matthew Belair, welcome to the Biohacking Secret Show. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. I appreciate the invite. I'm pumped to chat, man. For our listeners who aren't familiar with your work, uh, would you mind filling us in on your origin story? Yeah, sure. Let's make it as uh, 
clear and simple as possible. Um, I, when I was younger, I was really interested in martial arts. My dad was a martial artist. And so right away I was interested in the mind, body, spirit connection, um, how these uh, martial arts masters that I was watching on TV were breaking stone and all this kind of stuff. So I was exploring that idea. And even when I was in martial arts as a kid, they were kind of teaching me the mind, body, spirit aspect at, at a very young age. But I was also learning on my own. I was watching a lot of Bruce Lee movies and uh, reading books and also getting a little bit of uh, mentorship from my father. And as I got a little bit older, I started uh, playing sports, but, but using what I learned in martial arts and my other sports. And that went into skateboarding and snowboarding and things like that. And by the time I got into my teenage years, I was really curious about consciousness, human potential, um, you know, anything, anything that I could do to get to an altered state or to improve my performance or to connect to spirituality or higher states. You know, I didn't even really know what I was looking for, but I knew there was something. And so, you know, flash forward a little bit further, I went to Whistler and I became an international snowboard coach. That's when I started teaching um, athletes about the mental game of sport, because I had always been um, researching it and, uh, and applying it. And even just the basics of what you learn in martial arts should be applied to all sports. It's just not taught in every other sport, but it's normal to be taught the mindset piece in martial arts. And so um, I kept researching and studying, and then I wanted to travel the world and, and train with the best. And so I devised a plan and I ended up uh, going to Nepal, meditating with uh, monks there, some Tibetan monks and learning uh, meditation from them and Buddhism as well. I then trained uh, MMA in Thailand at Phuket, Phuket top team. So I wanted to you know, be a good martial artist and also train with some of the best and get my butt kicked. Um, but you know, the most important part of my journey was I wanted to train with Shaolin monks because these guys I've seen um, in the movies, but I've also seen these shows because at this time I, I learned that there are people who deceive you and say, Hey, I can do this special thing. That's mystical and all this kind of stuff, but there's a trick behind it. I call that kind of like black magic is deception. And there are people who actually have the skill. And so I believe that these people had the skill. So I went down and I trained at a, a Shaolin Academy. And so uh, it was an incredible experience. And then since then, I kept traveling the world, been over 30 countries, Egypt with the Resident Science Foundation, training with various Native American elders, um, been you know far and wide on the planet searching for these secrets, and then started the podcast about five years ago to explore uh, these ideas and conversations. And so now we're at about 430 episodes um, and still kind of doing the same thing. So um, you know, it's simple in, this, in the sense that I, you know, I want to be an athlete. I want to connect with uh, spirituality and whatever that means to you. For me, it's a, you know, I want to make a contribution on this planet. I want to live my life purpose. And I also want to live up to my highest potential and know what I'm capable of, but also what are we capable as a, a human uh, society, as a human species? Because I think that we're ready for an upgrade and especially at this uh, point in time more than ever. I couldn't agree more. Um, I mean, so much to unpack there, but I, I'm for, for our listeners who want to check out your podcast, what's the easiest way for them to do that? Yeah, I would suggest to go to mattbelair.com and, and sign up for the, uh, uh, the membership. You can do it for free or by donation. It's up to you. And the reason why is because uh, I was part of that massive censorship. Uh, you can't talk about coronavirus, can't talk about any of that. So I was one of the first to get super censored because I was having doctors on, you know, I had friends, I was concerned. And like anything, I want to know the truth. And actually part of the journey that I also was on was uh, I didn't understand why we had war and starvation. It confused me as a kid. I knew the television was lying to me. So that journey, I was you know, telling my friends about some of the stuff we're experiencing now at 19. And still I've lost a lot of those friends saying, hey, look, this is just the information. We can follow the money. We can figure this out. We might not 
know every single detail, but we can know kind of the characters and the players and what we should avoid because this is these kind of uh, things have been happening throughout history, whether you're looking mm. at genocides or uh, cultures oppressing other cultures that I, you know, obviously we know about, but I know a lot of the detail about some of the Native American stuff from the uh, elders that I trained with. And so my idea is like, how do we build Atlantis? You know, I was, when I was younger, I was looking at, wow, what's possible? Free energy, uh, space travel, um, peace, food for everybody. And then I'm like, oh, wait, there's actually people and systems who are, are trying to build the exact opposite. Oh my God. Like, okay, well, we need to, we need to, we need to build something better so we can opt into that system and not resist that. And so what's happening now is this opt-in system, right? And that's what they want to do with these, uh, the needles. We'll just call them that is that, you know, you can't travel, you can't work, you can't do anything unless you get a needle and that takes away your choice. And uh, my favorite uh, definition of what's going on now is by Rudolf Steiner. And it says anything that seeks to restrict or bind by definition is Luciferian. And so mm-hmm. I want to be on the Walter Russell side of things of life affirming, of uh, supportive, of communal, of uh, contribution, of help and service to all life on the planet. And so, you know, if you're if you are doing that, you cannot um, bind anyone else if they are a different skin color or a different belief or a different anything else. So they can do that thing as long as they're not coming over and trying to bind you, then you can kind of protect yourself. So. Um, that's a rant. I don't even know if it was on point or what it was. <laughs> it was, it was. Do you remember that, that epiphany moment when you were 19, um, where, okay. So, you know, I'd wrote, written the biohackers guide to upgrade energy and focus. And I had a pretty good idea of many of the toxins and things that weren't good for our body and being fully transparent. It wasn't until 2020 that my brain went, it's like everything clicked at once. And I go, Oh, wow. A lot of them are intentional. You know, do you remember your epiphany bridge, that moment of realization when you were 19? What did you see? Maybe you could share, share that story with us. Yeah, that's a great question. You know, I've had a lot of people on my podcast and very often people had a quote unquote awakening. And what I call an awakening is that, uh, you, when you, when you're not awake, you're just going with the flow. You're just doing what your culture or society or whatever is just kind of telling you, you know what I mean? You're not really actively, consciously, purposefully creating your life, right? When you have an awakening moment, uh, often it's from an illness or from you just can't take it anymore. And you're like, oh, this is all crap. Then you start looking at things and you're like, whoa, you see behind the veil of of what kind of uh, streams or energy systems or, um, you know, you're an egregor is, and somebody told me I'm pronouncing it wrong, but uh, it's basically the spiritual force behind things. So let's say Coca-Cola it's the spirit of Coca-Cola. It's like the energy, right? So if you think about Patagonia, they're, they're well known for having a very um, epic and um, conscious workforce. You know what I mean? So they have a different egregor than you would uh, maybe the oil industry or um, not to pick on oil or anything, but um, just- They deserve you know, or, it. It's yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, you know what I mean? It's just, it's a different energy or spirit behind it. Um, and yet, and yet they're the same people talking about sustainability and, and climate change and all and you're causing the crap. <laughs> yeah. 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 And so you know, most, most people had, um, that experience where I didn't have that. I felt like something was fundamentally wrong. And so it's kind of this unfolding process, but what happened was it was like the weight got bigger and bigger. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I was like, and, and what was really disheartening, I would say if I could, I, I could click on two, it'd be two moments. One, uh, going into uh, college and university when I was younger, all of my friends were were signed up, ready to go. Not one person was talking about 
what they wanted to do, what their dream was, who they really were, how they want to explore the planet, um, you know, figuring out who, who they are and what's actually going on here. Nobody was questioning those things. So I thought that was odd. And I recognized that, okay, maybe I do think a little bit differently. And then uh, the second part was in Whistler when I knew so much information and nobody wanted to have one conversation. And if I did, so then I was like, the conspiracy problem. This has been you know, going on for a while. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know, so, yeah, this is, yeah, this is my normal, this is my normal existence, right? Nobody want to have a serious conversation about anything once they just wanted to live their life. They, they weren't concerned with what's going on. And so now I feel like one of the benefits of this coronavirus uh, situation is that a lot of people are um, reflecting on their mortality because we're all going to die. Um, so we're kind of getting that in our face. And then it's also extending our compassion because one of the first things when I started to look into it is like, okay, uh, what's going on here? How many people are dying? All this and that. Now, everything aside, um, we have 9.1 million people uh, starving to death each year. And the solution is food. You know, that's something I've been trying to talk about and figure out for years, um, you know, to no groups or uh, people that really want to kind of build a solution. There's, there's usually some roadblocks um, and also human trafficking, 20 to 40 million people. Um, and other things that I've worked on as far as humanitarian missions, just trying to try and find solutions. Abortions north of 40 million. Abortion? Abortions north of 40 million. It was the leading cause of death worldwide. Oh, wow. Yeah. And there's uh, some crazy stuff that w- with all that too, you know, and unfortunately when you go all the way down to this rabbit hole, it's a very, very dark uh, basement that goes into mm-hmm. abortions and all that kind of stuff. So it's a, it's a very uh, disparaging thing. And when you're, when you're in that place alone and you know that it is true, Mm-hmm. Um, and nobody wants to discuss it, uh, then we have an issue. You know what I mean? And, and that's what I see ha- happening on this planet now. We, we have this uh, cognitive dissonance where nobody wants to look at the thing that is the issue. And so I grew up a martial artist and I have a very positive out- outlook on life, a very strong spiritual connection from the work that I've done, um, training with elders and, and just being very curious and wanting to cultivate that in myself. Um, but one thing that I've learned and, and I, and I, I question in myself. I'm like, okay, you know, the universe is perfect. I've, I've had those, you know, experiences in meditation where you become one and it's the whole, it's the whole thing. It's mystical. You can't really describe it. It's unbelievable. That's happened. And I feel like, uh, everything is perfect. Now at the same time, I feel like the new age community really pushes that, but at the same time, there's not a lot of action. And I feel like for evil to continue to exist, how are we going to, how are we going to remove these, um, evil, um, entities and these evil systems, if we, if we don't first address it and then take an action. And I'll give mm-hmm. you one um, short story. There's a book called The Gift of Fear. And uh, if you study war, which I have, and combat, which I have, uh, cowards and oppressors and Luciferians and all the dark forces, they need to hide behind confusion. They need to hide behind fear, um, ignorance, and all that kind of stuff. You know, that's how it works. Um, so when you see it clearly and you call it out, it's the last thing that they want. And one very clear example, I was at um, Envision Festival and I was just in the crowd and I noticed some sketchy guy coming in and immediately super sketchy, starts walking through the crowd and he's like eyeing people up. And I was like, definitely this, this person's a predator. You can tell they're, they're a predator. And so I'm watching the whole time, gets three quarters of the way through the crowd, locks eyes with me. The second he recognizes that I'm looking at him, uh, posture changes and evades, just literally leaves. Um, oppression doesn't like to be seen. It doesn't like to be uh, called out. And so that's the wonderful thing about all of this is that people just need to recognize it and say, okay, wow, that is terrible. Um, but 
and you'd have to go through that process, which is kind of a yucky process because you have to kind of register that this stuff does exist. Then we can say, okay, we're going to opt out of that. Now that we know what the truth is, we're behind these lies. We, we now know what the deception is. We can go build something better because that is not what we want. We don't want to opt into that. We can opt fully out and collaborate for something beautiful, uh, life, life affirming, cohesive on the other side. Mm-hmm. It's in much the same way that when you turn on, when you turn on a light, uh, the roaches scatter, you yes. know, but the, the light is our consciousness and our intention has to be to direct it to truth really. And, um, I don't know if that metaphor worked, but you get what I'm, you get what I'm <laughs> yeah, saying. Yeah, no, mate, it works for me. <laughs> um, from your, from your training in martial arts and, and meditating with the monks and um, traveling the world, working with the Native American elders, what are some of the practices that you believe to be um, vital for someone who wishes to expand their consciousness, have more mystical experiences in their life, perhaps open up uh, their capacity to interact energetically with, with other dimensions and and other beings of light, I should, I should specify. Um, you know, we've got meditation. There's people that are big into veganism. There's other people that are big into carnivore. There's, you know, don't watch porn, don't masturbate. There's blow up your television, plant medicine. I'm just, I just wanted to spitball to give you some thoughts, but I don't want to lead you in any way. Like what are some of the core practices that if our, if anyone listening to this applied them to their life, they would have more mystical experiences and feel more aligned in mind, body, spirit? That's a great question. I just say everything you just said there, throw it into a soup and drink it. Um, (laughs) I think, I think uh, one thing is uh, the most important thing bar none is intention. Intend to connect to something greater than yourself, whatever that is for you, nature, spirit, the creator, uh, the elders I talk to, they talk about a creator, not a God. They specifically say creator. Um, that is for me, it, it's gotta be honest and intentional. You cannot, um, you cannot fake that. You know, one of the, one of the stories I have, which I actually is in my book is, and I've been talking about it more. I haven't talked about it in years and it's been coming up a lot lately, but, uh, I was doing an ayahuasca ceremony and I was curious about it. And, um, now, now on the psychedelic side, after going with the, um, native American elder, he said, never change your consciousness. And, and I tried that for a few years and, and I, and I like experimenting. But one of the things that I learned about um, people who want to change their consciousness, which is mushrooms and all these different things, you know, it's a way and I've had great experiences with them. But I like to say, why do you want to change your consciousness? See if you can connect directly to the creator, to life force, to this unseen realm first in the most honest and sincere way that you can, because it's kind of like, hey, um, I haven't taken care of my body. I eat KFC every day. Um, I hate my life. I do something that's harmful for a living, but God, I would like you to uh, make me, um, you know, the perfect weight with lots of muscles immediately. And that's not the universe we live in. We have to take responsibility and have integrity for who we are, what we do. And, and then also leniency with ourselves and understanding it's a growth process. So, you know, nobody's perfect. We are going to make mistakes, um, but we need to be intentional with our connection to the creator. And so I'll give you an example um, and then some tactics, because I, I, I'm all about the different tactics. And, and for me, what I've done throughout my life is like everything you just said, said there, I try it. I try the crap out of it. You know, I, I lived in a koala habitat. Meditation's good. And I basically meditated all day, every day for months. I, I did an hour meditation practice for about a year. 
Um, and it's kind of like riding a bike. Once you're able to get to that space, uh, you're able to do it. I've tried everything from binaural beats, sound waves, all of that kind of stuff. And it's really good. Try the nature thing. Um, but it's the honest connection in prayer and simplicity and consistency, I think is the key. And so, you know, so I, we were doing the ayahuasca thing and what we did is we had these potlucks right before doing it and say, why are you doing this? What's your intention for wanting to, you know, engage with this medicine, right? Is it, obviously it shouldn't be for a high or to get anything out of it. Same with, with meditation. It's not to get something out of it. You know, it's to um, engage with the process of understanding yourself more. And it's going to take a little bit of time to go through those cobwebs if you've never done it before. Um, so there was a person there and they kept, his name was Tyrone and he kept kind of giving these amazing answers to really deep questions, you know, just amazing answers. And so, uh, so after uh, I was like, Hey man, I'd love to have a coffee or tea with you sometime. Like you obviously know what's going on. You know what I mean? And so he's like, yeah, sure. And, um, you know, it doesn't happen a few months go by and I see him at another ceremony, ask him again. And we end up um, getting together. He comes over to my house and, um, and I was like, I'm asking him really deep questions about the universe. You know what I mean? And he is just pinging off like some Yogi level knowledge. You know, when you hear the truth and you're, you're like, yes, that is the truth. You just hear it. It resonates. It has, it has a frequency. Yeah. He just panging them off. Right. And so I just go, all right, man, that's like, he's like five for five, just bullseyes. And I was like, how do you know this? Like, how do you know all this stuff? And he goes, well, um, you know, I've always kind of been this way. I've always been curious about a spiritual connection and things like that. And so, um, one year I got really serious and I had to know, I had to know what's going on here. So I read, uh, every single book that I could on, uh, spirituality and religion, you know, every religious text, everything that I could find. He's like, I think, it, I think he said he read over three or 400 books in the year. And, uh, I was like, holy smokes. And he goes, that didn't do it. He's like, that, that didn't do it. He's like, it was helpful, but it didn't really do anything. So I decided I was going to spend the rest of my life in meditation. And he goes, you can't fake that. And I was like, okay. And then I was like, so what did you do? He goes, I started meditating. And I was like, all right, like for how long? He goes 20 hours a day. I was like, oh, I was like, holy crap. I was like, what did you eat? And he goes, well, my brother would um, drop off food, um, you know, every couple of weeks, just, just something light, just some rice and just some vegetables. And he goes, and I was like, holy crap. And he goes, I was like, so what did you meditate on? He goes, one with God. And he goes, and he goes, here's the key though. I was never coming out. And he goes, you cannot fake this. And that's kind of what I'm trying to say with the integrity of your spiritual connection and your path. Every single one is going to be different. We know about the different tools, engage with them, practice, see what works for you. And so he goes, it just so happens to be around a hundred days. Um, I felt my body was getting electrocuted. And he goes, I didn't know if I was actually getting electrocuted, like if uh, water had come in or something and I was in, and it was like, he's like, I was, in, you know, it was a hundred days of meditating all day, every day. Like, I didn't know if I was getting electrocuted or what was happening. And uh, so I was like, holy crap. And I was like, so what'd you do? And he goes, well, uh, I just surrendered to it because there's nothing I could do anyway. And, I, and uh, then he goes on to describe the experience he had, which is similar to ayahuasca. It's kind of like unexplainable. He talks about this opportunity to go to the other side and all these different things. And I was like, holy crap. Now, interestingly, um, as he is speaking to me and telling me this story, I'm sitting on the chair. I, without recognizing um, what was happening, I had unconsciously put my hands underneath my seat because I felt like I was vibrating out of my body. My body was buzzing, like, you know, like non-matter. And 
I had never experienced that before other than two weeks before two of my good friends came up to visit where I lived. We were having a three-way conversation about spirituality, God and the universe and stuff. I started to feel that exact same thing. And I'm a weird person. So I kept it to myself. I had never experienced it. I didn't know what was going on. And one of my buddies after a couple of minutes goes, okay, is anybody else really effed up right now? And I was like, oh man, I was like, you're feeling this too. And then my best friend, like I know him really, really well. His hands are down on the table and he looks so serious. I was like, Joel's messed up. So we spent the, the remainder of the night just trying to figure out what the hell was that? Like, what was that? And it was just this vibrational feeling. So I got the same thing while he had told me that story. Um, and so basically, as he came out of it, he said, you know, some of the key things that I learned was like, you can't fake it. Um, you know, this is a divine experience that we have here. And I said, what's different? Why did you come back? And he goes, well, when I walk, I walk. When I eat, I eat. When I drive, I drive. And uh, he goes, I wanted to do, he's like, I basically watched my body take care of itself for two weeks. I couldn't make a choice. He's like, you know, like I couldn't make a choice. Uh, my brother's like, you need to go get some food. So he gets me uh, to the restaurant and I, and I see everybody ordering the food around me. And he's like, I was just wondering how I was going to pick something. Cause I couldn't consciously use my voice or do anything. I was just observing. I was, he's like, I was stuck. <laughs> and he goes, so when she came around to me, they opened up the, uh, the, uh, menu and he's able to point at something and, and get the food. So it's a little bit of a direct digression of a crazy, crazy story. Um, but you know, I feel like it was authentic and it was nuts, but the main piece that he had shared, he goes, you cannot fake that. You have to have that integrity, that intention, that willingness. He's like, I was never coming out. I wanted to know what God creator spirit, the universe was. And I feel like whatever path you choose, there's many paths, yoga, meditation, everything that you shared, just make it honest, have a self-reflection process. I, you should know how to clear your mind. If you can't clear your mind, you need to develop at least that um, skill that whether it's through meditation or anything like that, cold training, I think is great um, because it forces you in the present moment um, and you engage with the breath. And when you do a breath pattern, it forces you in the present moment. Um, but I don't think it's the be all and end all. I think that there's some uh, space for just meditation, just sitting and being or play or, um, you know, connecting to your passions and things like that. So I feel like it can also be very grounded. Like the native Americans I studied with, none of them med meditated and it wasn't common in their culture. They say, why would you meditate? Like just watch the sunrise, right? Mm -hmm. They are just present in the moment. That's how they're, they're trained. They're, they're trained you know, in their culture to be very aware of each and everything to be very cognizant. And, and so that's just part of their training um, and their, their philosophy and ideology. And, and not all, I know that every culture is very different, but that's some of the stuff that I learned from them. I have found that when I am spending more time in nature, that my, I, I, I feel like I'm in a meditative state without the meditation, the meditative practice. And, um, and then it becomes a little bit more necessary when I'm, you know, the more removed, the, the, the less life density there is in, in, in the place that I'm spending my time, the more I need to meditate, or I, I find that I benefit from meditation more. Whereas like, yeah, if I'm watching the sunrise and going for hikes and jumping in the ocean or rivers or streams, it's like the, the, the meditation becomes a little bit less, um, I skip it and don't notice. Yeah, hundred percent. And and as you say that, I'm reminded. Are you uh, familiar with Jesus and the Essenes? You know what I no. Please, 
please tell me about this because I have some of Dolores Cannon's work on, um, and she wrote a book on Jesus and the Essenes. And I had had that and some other things on like queued up on YouTube, but I'm not familiar. And I'm sure a ton of our listeners are not. So please elaborate. Yeah. So I'm definitely no expert on this, but my understanding of the Essenes where it was a group of, of spiritual, say masters or adepts that knew Jesus Christ was coming back. So let's just say we started a biohacking school and, and we just had a clean food, clean water, meditation practice. Everybody was healthy, fit and vital. And through that, we, we engaged in community. And, and to me, what also the natives told me is that higher consciousness comes in community, not just one. One is selfish. You have to need three. And it's also because we are electrical. You need a positive, a negative, and a ground. Not a good or bad. It's just how electricity works. So that's mm. why you need three. And it also says in the Bible, when uh, three are gathered or more in my name, then I am there in the spirit, whether that's the energy or whatever the case is. Exactly. I don't know. So the Essenes were adepts at uh, spiritual ways, uh, universal laws, whatever you want to call it. Um, and they said there's four ways to know God, I believe. And one, one of them was study through text. One of them was through meditation or introspection. And the other one is nature. Um, and there was three or four. There might be a fourth one. It could be like a divine you know, touch or, or a guru or something like that. But I wouldn't go that route. Never, ever go that route. Don't put nobody's a guru. You know what I mean? You're your own guru. That's my thought on that anyway. Um, and have respect and admiration for what people have done, but be your own guide. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I have this one buddy who has lived with in Whistler and, you know, this guy is not that you would never put him in like the spirituality kind of category, you know, he's very kind of crass and make terrible jokes. You know what I mean? That we're like on the fringe and like, you would never see him in that way. Well, I go away for two years. I come back and he is just cracking things. So on point, like such a deep spiritual knowledge without researching, without doing anything. He just so tuned in. And I asked him, I go, Hey buddy, like, how do you know this man? And he goes, dude, all I do is I take my snowmobile up into nature every day, every day. That guy's butt is in nature. And we're so disconnected from that, right? Our, our society is all fake. Everything about what we're doing is fake. And that's why this reality is getting so inverted and people feel so confused, so disconnected. And so you want to connect with spirit and a higher consciousness, start by getting out in nature, start by being real and connecting with community. How can you help? How can you volunteer? The best spiritual lesson I've ever heard was from my native American elder friend. And he goes, um, do three kind acts a day, go out of your way to do it and don't tell anyone. Um, it's so simple and so profound. And, you know, we, we were at the parliament of world religions, you know, there's this guy there. Uh, he wasn't there, but Nithyananda, some people follow that guy this quote unquote guru from India, but really all he's doing is a magic trick and deceiving people. And uh, we had kind of exposed him a little bit there. And so there's so much deception in these uh, communities, even in the health communities. And even in that, because we're trying to get money to survive, right? But we're forgetting about value and contribution. We just want more, but, but what about contentment with what, with enough and then creating massive value and letting the uh, receiving whatever you need that to be right. And, And you can be open to abundance, but I feel it's that mindset. And if I, I had a lot of spiritual guests on my show and uh, the, the ones that I feel like you can resonate with this deeper level of contentment with their existence, a level of consciousness and joy, like genuine joy. They're never about um, this, like, you know, plan to get this and that, you know what I mean? It's, it's this merger of value of growth towards what their curiosity and passions are right? And contribution and sharing that with other people in a very grounded way with, uh, with limited expectation. 
knowing that they need these certain things to survive, but being okay with what they have and living their purpose. And that to me is the most important thing we can be doing in the world right now, because our optimization comes from those very simple things, clean food, clean water, exercise, good community, but people forget to cultivate your passions, your skills, your curiosities, who you are, who you came here to be, right? It's just like, I, I give the analogy that, um, you know, people are out there in the forest and beavers are pretending to be eagles and eagles are pretending to be uh, turtles and everybody's unhappy. So how do you cultivate your, who you are to the highest potential? Know who the hell you are, yep. right? What would you do if you only had a year to live? What are you most passionate about? What problems in this world would you, would you change if you could? How do you contribute to your community? Uh, what do you do that has value to other people? Um, you know what I mean? What's your bucket list? You know, how do you want to express in your life here? Those are the most core, simple questions that if we can figure that out, we're going to figure out all that other stuff too. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. we'll get there, you know, it's like a person who's super overweight. Um, what's the best workout? What's the best diet? Uh, is it, is it CrossFit? Is it, um, Pilates? Is it, uh, running? Is it triathlon? It's whatever you want, man. Go and get your ass into the gym, start experimenting with some stuff, start eating some different diets, start learning. It's about the process and, and engaging in that. And that's mm -hmm. the same with our life, right? Because there's so much stuff. We don't know what the very best way is, but if we are so, uh, so much in integrity with our earnest desire to grow and connect, we will be led in that way with that connection. And that's all we can actually know is our mm -hmm. intention. Is it pure and honest? There was some moments in what you were just sharing that were really striking a chord because um, we are building a community in Western North Carolina. We just bought 60 acres. That's like going to be like our family land. And then um, we're, we're film forming a uh, it, it's a regenerative community sufficient tribe of like-minded people living in harmony with nature laws of God and natural law above the law of man, high morality, high integrity, growing some, if not all of our own food. Um, everything's off grid power. There's no Wi-Fi or, you know, radiation pollution, polluting other people's homes. And then, you know, and then, and then the, the tribe connecting people. And, uh, one of the builders that we're working with down there, um, you said two things that him and I, we, we end up, he, he, quote scripture more than anyone I've ever met in my entire life, but it's fascinating. And, and his, and his, um, his sharings are always on point. And some of the things that he said that, um, I find interesting, I'd like you to elaborate on, cause you also said them. One was, um, that anytime three or more are gathered in my name, I am there. And he's, he's very big on that. And, you know, my dad with his Parkinson's has had some issues walking and, you know, the three of us have come together and said prayers and, you know what I mean? My, encouraged my dad to even voice his intention to walk again, you know, and his intention to reacquaint himself with the divine creator, God, whatever you want to call it. So um, I'd like you to elaborate on when three or more are gathered in my name especially with how many people have been spending the past nine months sitting alone in a room. Um, then the second one is um, the don't tell anyone when it, he, he's, he talks about when you fast fast and do an extended fast, but don't tell anyone, you know what I mean? Don't, don't complain about it. Don't let people, you know, you know, don't make it a conversation point. You do it and you don't say anything. And you mentioned three kind acts, go out of your way to do it every single day and don't tell anyone. 
can you elaborate on the power of three or more gathered in my name and don't tell anyone because those have both come up at least twice in my life? Yeah, sure. Well, they're, they're fantastic questions. And what I can share with the audience listening is I'm just a student of spirituality. I'm definitely not the most spiritual person you've ever met at all. I get angry. I get frustrated. I, you know what I mean? If, if anything, the mindset stuff is like, save my life. Um, but I've just always been super curious about it. So I've read like the Bhagavad Gita. I'm going through the Bible right now, which I read when I was younger, but now I'm rereading. Um, what version are you reading? The 1611 King James Bible. Now, this is a separate rabbit hole. I've had two, I've had two podca- podcast guests recently that, you know, you hear people who don't pay taxes and can defend themselves in court and all that kind of stuff, natural law. Yeah, the, the, well, the sovereigns. These two are legit. Okay. Now, a lot, lot, of, lot of hokey stuff out there. A lot of people not so legit. These two proven legit, uh, one Mark Patelic out of uh, Australia and the other guy in Canada, uh, Cal Washington. Cal Washington's helping people get the smart meters off their, uh, off their um, homes. So yeah, yeah, guys do that. You got to participate in the opt-out program, get the smart meter off your home. We'll go into that later or in another episode, but just as a side note, so yeah, important. And so how do you do it? Right. Because Josh Del Sol did this documentary He's a friend of mine. And basically he's like, okay, thanks Josh. You just let us know these things are terrible. How do we opt out? They told him to find Cal Washington. He created the notice of liability that helped a lot of people get it off their houses. So I don't, I know they had success in Kelowna. I know they had success in the UK. They're working on making it uh, worldwide because it has to do with equity law. I'm only just beginning my journey in this stuff. But the interesting thing, I'm, I'm, I'm podcasting with them both. They both say the highest law and, and what the queen swears on, which is basically our law and jurisdiction that they put is the King James Bible. Now, what they're doing is they're creating uh, this law, equity law and law of commerce. That's how they're getting uh, its commerce law. So when you don't opt out, they're giving you an offer for the, uh, the smart meter, right? So if you don't say no, you're saying yes. It's a tacit agreement. So that's how they're getting you. So when you understand this stuff, you can kind of opt out, right? And so mm-hmm. that's why knowledge is power. But they both say the 1611 King James Bible. They both uh, quote uh, God a lot because it's like, I guess, the contract. And so, mm-hmm. it's a, it, you know, so I've been always resistant. I was born like Christian and always resistant to um, religions because of just the past wars and all the nonsense going on. But through all of these different religions and spiritual teachings like the Buddhists, uh, when I, so when I was in Nepal, uh, these Buddhist monks were amazing. Um, it was a philosophy of a way of life it was all beautiful. Went to China and they distorted it and made it a, a binding religion with consequences and all these different things. It was not the same thing, right? Just like uh, uh, Karate Kid, you know, Cobra Kai versus the other one, right? It's just mm-hmm. like you can use the kind of uh, same means. So anyway, that's a side note, but 1611 King James is what they say is, is it's not perfect. And also the Book of Enoch. So it can kind of get into weird stuff too. And I've experienced weirdness. Um, one really quick story, Cal was saying that he was experimenting when he would go in, he kept losing and losing. He learned about, uh, uh, equity law Then he started winning, but he would experiment and say, okay, look at the Bible. I know they're honoring this. So I'm going to call in the angels. He went in and, and wrote something down with angels, nothing happened, but he goes, then I wrote down the watchers because the watchers are in the book of Enoch. So he calls in the watchers and he goes, I got a totally different response in the courts. And so anyway, this is, this is rabbit hole for like some advanced stuff. I think that I, 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 I like would, it. I like it. I'm digging it. People. I would say like, I'm a brown belt, you know what I mean? But there's like black belts, you know what I mean? I'm, I'm at the brown, I'm at like the early brown belt of all this stuff. You know what I mean? I think and there's yeah. levels and levels and levels. So I kind of know what I'm talking about um, and have had some experience. So uh, the three or more is a very interesting thing. Okay. So I had to explain to me in, in several ways. Number one, you could look at the work of Dr. Joe Dispenza. Uh, he is trying to 
just popularize meditation and that kind of thing. You can heal your body. Many other people have talked about this. Uh, I had one client, uh, Brody Carmichael, who's a freestyle motocross rider. And uh, I have an athletic background, a lot of peak performance stuff, all this kind of, all, all this kind of thing. And um, so he came to me, fell on a front flip. And he said, hey, I want to land the front flip. And I said, cool. Just visualize it an hour a day. You'll know you, when you can land it. You can read my book. You can go through my training programs. They're going to help you. Uh, but his mental game was pretty strong. So I was like, all this will help you, but that's actually all you need to do. That's it. It's not complicated. You want strong ass legs, do squats, five sets of five. You know what I mean? One set of five a day, every single day. Shit works. Just is what, you know, it's just a formula. So yeah. the visualization is a formula you can tap into. And some of these um, ancient or, or common sense techniques we're not tapped into like clean water. We're not even aware we're getting clean, you know, crappy water. So when we tap in, we, we tap into an energy in our, in our true capabilities. Right. But we're so distracted. We're not doing the basic things. Right. So some of us are doing squats and having a totally different uh, experience, you know, let's say quote unquote spiritual than, than other people, but then you got all this deception. And so can it, it can get confusing. So anyway, he does that three weeks later, he lands a front flip on his motorcycle. Three weeks after that, world's first front flip heel clicker. Three weeks after that, world's first front flip Superman. Didn't even practice it once. Um, just went out there and did it. He was going around um, at schools. And so this shows you the power of the mind uh, to create a reality and, um, and uh, do something that's literally impossible. It's never been imagined before. So that's kind of like connecting with that force, right? This ether within yourself. But now you look at adding two other people in there. So if you uh, don't exactly know what the study is, but basically like if you have a tug of war and you measure my energy by myself and 10 people uh, as themselves, but then you put 10 people together, the force is considerably more, maybe 30% right. or even more. It's, just, it's a lot more. And um, it's true and with horses as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. That Or, or anything, right. That combined mm -hmm. force, we're just capable of so much more. So uh, one of my teachers, a Mi'kmaq elder, David Lonebear, he is an ele electrician and he's also a scientist. And he said, basically what he was taught, um, which is a there, all three of the elders had a 20,000 year history. Um, they all had a complete different history than any of us were told. They don't share it with us. Cause obviously we're not, they don't trust us at all, which is square because they shouldn't. Um, so it's really hard to get any kind of info. And so this is just what I was able to deduce from all three, but he goes, you know, you have two spirit guides here, a positive and a negative, uh, not to be mistaken with good or bad, because the only energy here is electricity, right? So when you are in a conversation with someone, someone will be the God and someone will be the devil. So that's why in our communities, we would do teas. So it would have groups of people. And then whenever there was a, uh, a disagreement, you had to have three people because it kept the energy circulating. So he basically spent an hour talking to me about, uh, he was getting me to look up things. And so, you know, I'm looking up things one after another, then finally gets down to this, uh, something in a television that makes the blue light appear. Right. And all these like electrical, I didn't know what I was looking at. Cause I don't know anything about electrical engineering, but he goes, that's the blue light. He goes, so when you do it right, you'll actually see a blue visible light. It's, it's, he's like, it's just, it's just how the universe works. It's scientific. And I was like, that's fascinating. There's another story about someone in the group that had Lyme disease and they came together and did a breath technique essentially when the community's in harmony and gave her all types of energy. Um, and she, she's on my podcast, uh, Jacqueline Roulette, I think it's episode 205 or something in the 200s. And um, she, everybody got together, they put the intention, then they did a breath technique. It's a, uh, uh, I think it's the bees breath, called bees breath. 
and they focus the intention. And she goes, this is at a time in my life. I had no energy for anything. She's like, I wasn't running. I was couch ridden for years. But what happened is I got, I got basically turbocharged and I didn't know what to do with my energy. So I just started running. And I was like, interesting. And so it makes common. So let's go with common sense, right? Three of us can do so much more than one of us, right? Three of us creates a balance. So it doesn't always have to be a back and forth. So if there's a disagreement, a disagreement, we can have, we can have a moderator, right? So when we just use that with common sense, and then we add some, you know, spiritual uh, force or energy to it. Well, if Brody Carmichael can land a trick that's never been done before, if there are thousands of accounts of people healing themselves of, of a debilitating terminal illnesses on their own, what's possible when we engage with that force together, just like canoeing or something, you know what I mean? Maybe together we're able to get into a bigger uh, current. You know what I mean? We're able to do more together. So even if you break it down to the common sense, everybody can understand that. And what's happening in our world is it's designed to be so competitive, right? In an awakened world, it's not, it's not in competition, it's collaboration. Not what can I get, but what can I give and how can I serve? And when we can flip that on its head, um, we, can, we can transform this planet immediately. And the challenge is letting go of everything that you think that you're entitled to or that you're going to get. You know, so many people that I work with, and I've focused all of my work now on helping people connect to their life purpose and make an impact and contribution because I've worked with multimillionaires and hippies and every single thing in between. And, you know, the money is just, uh, it's something, if you're really connected, it's nice, you can do a greater good, but it is not the bar to happiness and fulfillment at all. It is the journey and the quest to do something positive and to do something meaningful by your own definition. And when you do that, it's an incredibly empowering, beautiful experience that is always of service to other people. And that's when you attract more of those like-minded people to collaborate with you. And it's a much more fulfilling experience. I agree. And there's, you, you can go a little bit further with this, where I heard recently that um, organized crime is now a bigger business than the entire uh, economy of Germany. And this includes um, child trafficking, drugs, a, a lot of illicit activities. And if you were to ask the average person on the street if they would be okay with, you know, that industry disappearing, they would say, yes, of course, you know, I want that. That's bad for the world. But if you said, okay, well, what if it meant that all of your uh, IRAs were going to plummet, plummet or your mutual funds were going to drop in value, or you could no longer work for this known criminal, you know, and you had to get another job that paid you a lot less. What then? And the reality of this situation is that that is the case. And it is not until collectively start well, starting with ourselves and then collectively and coming together, you know, we upgrade our morality that these problems will start to, you know, no longer be of this world, right? It's, it's, it's when we put the, the laws of God and nature above the laws of man and this hyper-materialistic hypnotic state that we found ourselves and we have to break it. And we have to say that there are things that are, that are more important than money and material possessions. Absolutely. And, you know, I think we're running out this system. And, and when I talk to the, the elders, that's exactly what they say. It's just this disconnection. And we all know it. It's not like we're confused by it. It's just that we're, it's like we, we've, we've got on the treadmill and we don't know how to get off. And it, and it requires the individual to do that. And it's the most beautiful and liberating experience that you will never, ever go back to. 
you know, everyone, you know, I, I, I like to say sometimes to help people escape from the matrix. And, uh, you know, I'll just, once they're unplugged, I say, it'll always take you back. Any single day that you're ready, you can, oh, I promise you, you'll get a job. It'll probably be even a better job than you have before. And it'll be, uh, you know, soft and comforting. And they're kind of like, uh, what's the word for it? When they're just like, um, uh, you know, like hypnotizing, but making you docile, taking your energy away. It's just comfortable. You know what I mean? It's just mm-hmm. sedating. Everything. Yes. 100% sedating. Right. And so it's just comfortable and easy. And that's why um, this done. is allowed to run. And so we need to take that responsibility for ourselves and our actions and figure out what our values are, not to just explode, you know, your life, because we need, we need to figure out how to live and we might have families to take care of, but okay. If you reassess everything, what's the symbol you need on your car? I love cars and I would love to have like something really sweet. Like, uh, I don't know, like top of line Audi or something sounds nice to me. Um, but I'm not going to compromise my uh, value and integrity. Go get that. Right. If, if I get blessed with that, I will be super grateful, but that means you're gonna have to provide a ton of value to other people for a long period of time. And then, you know, if that's going to, but maybe I can invest in some land first, right? There's always going to be these priorities, like 80 grand or something. Well, what could I, what could I do with that? Oh my God. You know what I mean? And so when we're investing in other people, we're, we're looking for ways to serve and contribute. Um, it's such a more empowering way to live. And so we can live with less so we can get more connected to what's most important. And now basically everybody that I'm speaking to, they would be fine with a fan, with a community food, water, shelter opportunity to grow. You got the other side holding on for dear life. Like, uh, you know what I mean? Getting dragged behind a horse of like, I gotta, I gotta keep doing this. It's like, no, that is, you gotta let that go. But the nice thing is when you let that go, all the people that notice like, Oh, that guy just got bunged up. You know what I mean? Let's go over there. Let's make sure he's got food and water, right? Hey, like, you know, yeah, we hear you. We're kind of screwed too, but look, we can give you some food, water, shelter. Would you want to participate in this? You're welcome to go back into that system if you wish. Um, and that's what we're going to have to create. I feel like um, that's why I'm inspired because all the people that are thinking that way, um, we would love to build a utopia, but if it requires us to like really opt out of this system that a lot of us are aware of how dangerous it is right now and where mm-hmm. it's going because it's written out, uh, there's no mystery to what's going on. If you do research, it's, it's easy to figure out and it is not positive. It's incredibly dangerous. And so we might have to make some very challenging choices and, and you're already obviously ahead of the game. What, what would you say are the, the big, okay, let's say someone comes to you, uh, imagine they want to gently be woken up <laughs> and, uh, what are some of the big lies that are really, that are really effing up humanity and confusing us or preventing us from getting to this foundational starting place of truth. And I'm, I'm going to give you some ideas while you kind of think, and I don't want this to in any way influence you, but you mentioned something big that I think is, is, is at least top 10. Um, and, and you said everything here is electricity and I completely agree. And, you know, the, um, the book, the invisible rainbow by Arthur Fistenberg is, 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 I, I believe that's his name. I hope I didn't mispronounce it is, is fantastic in this, but I think, you know, this, uh, everything is, um, this biochemical soup of reactions and, you know, we are, uh, a number of, of independent parts that kind of come together like Optimus prime. And you know what I mean? Like this, this fractionalized view of the world. I think that's a huge lie. Um, depending on who you ask, you might hear that 
the earth is uh, spinning through this endless dark void of space is, you know, is a potential lie that some people consider evolution, maybe one that other people consider. Um, but I'm curious, what, what, what are yours? What are the big ones? That's a how, really, do you, how do you do it gently? Where do you start? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, a, that's a really great question. I think the first thing to understand is that people are not going to wake up unless they want to. That's the first thing. And, and it's and it also recognizing it's not your job to wake them up. Um, mm-hmm. Again, in the Bible, having Mark Vitalik, he was giving me, and these guys, Mark and Cal, they're not like religious, but they're, they're, they use the 1611 and they just pump out all these quotes that are so on point to exactly what's happening right now. And he goes, our job is only to plant seeds. So I would say, meet them where they are, have compassion and ask questions. And then wherever you see an opening, um, share that opening, right? Right now, uh, the biggest one is that the, Let's do this. Let's make this fun. For those of you guys that are listening and for whatever reason, complete respect here, don't want to take the next step and, you know, expand your awareness and have a deeper connection with the good, the true and the beautiful. Um, I'm I'm loading the question. Anyone who doesn't want (laughs) to uh, be gently woken up, pause this episode, stop it. You know, you can come back to it if you change your mind. And anyone who is up for that, in a in an exciting gentle fashion um keep letting it play <laughs> okay well well the big the big one uh that 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 if you go all the way down the the rabbit hole is that uh, uh satanists and luciferians exist they have extraordinary uh power 20 to 40 million people are in a human trafficking condition and these are the people that rule the world and uh this is what they're trying to do um you know so that's why the abortion thing is a problem that's why 80,000 kids in the States go missing because they do satanic uh, rituals. Um, so that's the big one. Now, the second one is uh, the- and, and that's that's true. I wouldn't even cons- consider that a, a yeah. quote unquote conspiracy theory. I mean, that, yeah. this so, is a well, fact. The, the challenge, so yeah, all of Hollywood, yeah, all Hollywood, uh, you know, it goes into pedophiles. And so I showed this to my dad where they're saying, I sold my soul to the devil. He's like, oh, they're just saying that it's an expression of speech. I said, no, it isn't. Now, does the devil appear as a physical being like God? I don't know. I don't think so. I think it's, they do it through some sort of uh, ritual, which you can figure this stuff out. It's, it's all uh, hidden, like you can, you can find it. And so you got to understand that. And these are the people who actually are in power. Um, it's, a, it's a very scary proposition. I had Alex Sakaris on my podcast. He does the Skeptico. He's had like Mark, Martin Scorsese on, um, all these amazing guests. He's on my show. Uh, he's talking about his book, Why. Uh, why evil matters, how science and religion flubbed a big one. He's telling me about how he goes, well, if we know that there are groups of people who uh, torture kids um, so, so that their um, personality splits, so it's easier for an entity to uh, be absorbed into them, we need to first figure out if that's true or not. I was like, oh my God. And then 20 minutes later, he's giving me crap for telling me, I'm saying, hey man, we can design our life on purpose from a place of value and meaning. And I was like, you were just telling me about entities entering kids, right? As a skeptic. And now you're giving me crap about like designing a life of meaning and purpose. I was like, what, what kind of like dissonance do you got going on here, dude? And so the second big one um, that's, that's really relevant to right now is uh, the needle. We'll call it that for the, for the arcs Uh, it's genetic modification. That's Mm -hmm. what it is by their own website, by their own definition from what it is. Um, And then the other one is you got to go right back to germ theory versus terrain theory. Germs are not what make you sick. Um, it is the terrain that gets compromised. So if your body is in shape, it does what it's going to do. Um, you're going to be totally fine. Yeah. If you get clobbered by a boulder, obviously you're going to get frigged up, 
but uh, germs are being weaponized. So you go germ theory versus terrain theory, Antoine Bouchamp versus uh, Louis Pasteur. All, all people research this, go to germ theory, makes way more sense. Then you got Rockefeller who hijacked modern medicine 1910 with the Flexner report, uh, basing, making everything uh, homeopathy quackery. And they use that word specifically to degrade those types of people. And so uh, that's the paradigm that we're in right now. So basically anything that you learn, food, drug, health, money, uh, how our world works is probably the opposite of what you believe it is. The same way, you know, I had the flat earth guy, uh, David Weiss on my podcast had a few people like, you know, I, I had never been on a plane. I don't know, but going through all that stuff, I apply what's called the formula for truth. It was taught to me a long time ago. I really liked it. Uh, you got zero and 90 degrees, flat earth, round earth, right? Two polar opposites. And mm -hmm. so most people, whatever side you're on, they disregard the other side. Well, you only have one perception. You only know what you know. So you open up to their point of view. So let's say they're on the 45 degrees of truth at the y-axis or something. Well, maybe at 97, you learn something you never knew before. So mm -hmm. imagine every single person you meet, you just seek understanding rather than telling them what you know. Over time, you're going to be uh, exposed to so much more information. And you are going to be so much wiser to get closer to the truth because it's always changing. You know, your, your, your knowledge is going to expand you know, more mm -hmm. and more. If I got to go to Antarctica with Admiral Byrd and, you know, Admiral Byrd in his uh, journal said, there's, there's lands here the size of America or something. Why would you say that? Why can't you go there? You know, these are, these are questions. And you got to understand if you don't have, if you haven't been red pilled yet, everybody's lying to you. History has been written by the winners, right? Mm -hmm. oh, Rockefeller then funded the, um, he created the trillion dollar pharmaceutical company and the, and the needle company after that Flexner report, and then funded school systems and universities. And so, uh, yeah. And then I would watch uh, Edward Bernays' Century of the Self to understand psychological operations and Darren Brown to understand how your mind works because people don't understand how easily we can be persuaded, hypnotized and coerced. And this isn't even talking about some of the technologies they have with um, you know, the needles and other things of like wiping memory, MK Ultra. This stuff is actually real. It's crazy. But the good news is that if we understand it, it's just like jujitsu. If you don't know jujitsu, you know, I'm going to mess you up because you have no idea that I'm going to throw an arm bar on you, right? Um, if you don't know any boxing, I'm going to do one fake and probably clip you right in, the, right in the nose, right? But if I then show you how, then you can avoid that. Or if I'm, you know, uh, in, in the art of war, it says all war is deception, right? You, you know, so when we can be aware of the deception, then we can just move out of the way. It's no problem if this guy's going to punch me, if I can be 10 steps away. You know, one of my friends says, uh, I can run faster scared than you can mad. And I just laughed my butt off and I thought that was amazing. Uh, but I was like, oh, that's great. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> so, yeah, so the, it's important to know the deception. But um, in Alex's book, what he shares about uh, why evil matters, he says, the reason why this evil can exist is because no one's willing to look, look at it. We have cognitive dissonance in science, cognitive dissonance in religions, not, not looking at it, cognitive dissonance in the schools. And I think it's all by design. And so when we become aware of just like, okay, look, you don't have to always search for it, um, but we do need to be aware of systems and tools and people and structures and ideas that are, are killing life, that are Luciferian, that are binding other things that are preventing growth, right? We need to move into and operate from uh, things that are life-affirming, that grow life, that cooperate with life, that cooperate with uh, the environments and get reconnected. And, and any individual can do that from wherever they are. And now is no better time to look at your life and say, yo, let's, let's do this. Like, I got to figure out who I am, how I'm going to contribute and what my values are, because it's, you know, it's good go time. And we need people to cooperate. We need people to participate. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, that's huge. Can you elaborate a little bit on the um, the injection? It's 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 a drug. It's gene therapy. It's not it's not a vaccine. But um, can you elaborate on your uh, assertion that um, saying that the 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 injection is gene therapy? Yeah. So I, again, I'm no expert at this, but I would refer you guys to David Martin, go butterfly of the week. This guy's phenomenal. Check out his work. Also check out Dr. Bear Lando and Dr. Andrew Kaufman. Uh, they can explain it really well. And they can even go back um, to, you know, I said, well, what about uh, all these other things that happen to plagues? Well, it seems like something happens every hundred years and there's other things in the environment um, that, that, uh, you know, can explain what happened. And I'd also refer them to Alan Dershowitz versus Robert Kennedy Jr. on the needles. And it basically says these things are nonsense. It total crap. You know, imagine 1910 with this like rusty ass needle in your arm and they stuck it on other people's arm and stuck it in you. And so when they're able to peel all that back with solid information, I've only got like the cliff notes. And so, but what I have heard and what, what I, there's another quote by uh, Rudolf Steiner that says, uh, you know, I, he says something like, I have told you, they will, they will create a vaccine that will drive out the spirit of man. And this is, you know, Rudolf Steiner uh, in the early 1900s talking about this. And so, um, and then if you look at, I posted on my telegram of, of a few of these things that have been coming up more and more of, of what, what they're able to do with injections. So they can, they can have things released six months later, they can wipe your memory. Um, uh, they can, they can, uh, make the body do different things. They can shut off different parts of your brain. Um, mm. And you think that this is like, you're, you're hearing me and you're like, yeah, right, buddy. Well, I just watched the guy who was at the military do the talk and he didn't look like he was kidding. You know what I mean? This guy no, it's, did not. It's, it's very real. Yeah. This guy did not look like he was kidding. And I know what's possible through just um, um, a hypnosis, just words. Mm -hmm. Then you add a couple other things in there. Look at what Darren Brown can walk and just take people's wallet on the street through hypnosis and people give it to him. And mm -hmm. uh, pay what he, he goes and goes into a shop in New York and buys a four thousand dollar ring with paper. You know, if you know these things, so now you want to add on technology, a little misdirection. You know, mm -hmm. and and I learned a little bit about magic and all what's possible there. And so when you when you're able to, so I'll give you one one thing. Um, you know, I was learning some magic, and uh, I was like, man, how do you do this? How do you do that? And I was like, oh, that's crazy. And then somebody tells me, he's like, there's a third person. I was like, oh, that just changed the whole paradigm. So mm -hmm. when this guy is reading this, he's got like a little piece he can hear, but his buddy's got binoculars. What can you do with three people? What can you do with six people? Mm -hmm. Well orchestrated to create a ruse on someone, right? Mm -hmm. What can you do if you own all the media? What can you do if you have billions of dollars, you control the media, right? And so mm -hmm. you know, how, how the media works and like mental nutrients, you know, if you, you think you're above this, you know, don't think of a yellow cat or don't think of a purple dog. Well, if you imagine the American flag and your mind keeps doing these things, um, that's how it works. But, you know, so now we've got all these propaganda shows. Um, they call it Priming the Mind. They call it, you know, got one show coming out, Lockdown, right? So now that's going to be let, normalizing lockdown for the stage we are. Then we also got uh, another one that's coming out, like this dystopian thing where he's like, I'm vaccinated it's, or I'm immune or whatever. Uh, I forget what it's called. But, uh, you know, it's all propaganda. And that, that is the function of television. The function of the news is propaganda. The function of the TV shows is to hypnotize you and brainwash you. That is their actual function. And same with public education. The, the function is to uh, brainwash you. And I had a like I said, co conversation with uh, a cousin, you know, a younger one in high school. Like what she was saying to me, uh, coming from two very bright parents, 
was shocking. I was like, what are you even talking about? Oh my goodness. And this is a function of that system. And so, uh, you know, so when we know this, we got to, we got to build something better. We got to create different education, um, you know, opt out of just throw the TV out the window. Absolutely. Um, and connect with community and what's real because our, our reality is getting more and more fake. And we can see it with all the, the pain, despair, confusion, anger, states of being, you know, what do people in high states of being fun, happiness, uh, contribution, what do they do? What do they look mm-hmm. like? Well, how do they, what do they, what do they believe in? Like, you know, neuro-linguistic programming, right? Neuro, how they think, linguistic, what words do they use? Programming, what are their habits? And so mm-hmm. let's connect with things of value, of service, of contribution. Mm-hmm. Imagine all of this is God's plan or the divine creator's plan. And we're, some of the darkness that we're seeing from the Satanists and the Luciferians is the, the, the problem designed to initiate our reaction and the solution that we bring forth. What, what is your vision of the future? I love that. And it very well could be, you know, the Bible and, and other texts talk about uh, the harvest, right? Right. And uh, a lot of the, the elders, they talked about this time, like a quote unquote ascension or a splitting of the worlds. I really have no idea. I've seen a lot of theories, right? I'm going to live through what I'm going to live through, um, through my perspective. And ideally it will be something awesome. What I would love to see is just a breakdown of everything that is Luciferian by definition of restricting, binding, deliberately confusing, oppressive, and creating systems that are in harmony with the world. And so even if you like your community, you have a hundred people, you get food, water, shelter going, um, education and a simple community. That's enough. You know what I mean? Now, if we can, if we can get that established for, you know, 10, 20 years, then as that education, that system can connect into technology in a meaningful way, anything is possible. But it, it, we have to override that basic nature of man to control or, or those types of people or those type of philosophies that exist in the world. Um, they're going to have to be overcome because the problem is, is if you don't, if you're unable to defend yourself, they're going to conquer you. And so it has to be driven out in some sort of way. And so I just hope I like to give the, my highest dream would be the team earth. You know what I mean? If ETs are out there and they're looking down at at this uh, experiment, they're like, Oh my goodness, I don't want to land here. You know what I mean? Like why can't, you know, team China and team USA work together. Right. Mm -hmm. But what's happening is you have people working together for destructive means. Well, why can't we work together for, um, the benefit of all mankind, you know, and, and mm. if we did that in all countries and all people work together, literally anything is possible. And so it doesn't take the governments to do that. It, it takes the cooperation of the people, but at the same time, right. There's only so much we can do in this world. Um, I think simplicity is, is now key, right. Almost inversing it, like not conquering, getting like just, uh, a good community, clean food, water, shelter for everybody would be extraordinary. And then traveling and sharing of ideas between cultures. To me, that's beautiful. That's amazing. That's spectacular. And, you know, opportunity to, to grow as a species. And then I think that what will open up then is these abilities that we're talking about here, these higher consciousness, um, we're all, you know, maybe we'll travel within our body, within our consciousness with, with all these different things, you know, and I know that that's possible because I've experienced these things directly through very mystical experiences that make no sense at all and that I cannot explain. And, uh, so something's there. And so, um, I think we'll, we'll be able to do that in a higher resonance, right? We're in such density, nothing, mm-hmm. right? You, you can't do it in fear. 
So mm-hmm. I think that's what it'll open up. And literally healing, I've seen things from healing chambers to, you know, I think all that's possible. The leaps and bounds is probably already there. It's probably just suppressed. Mm-hmm. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Last question as we kind of bring it home. Let's imagine there were you there's there's a burning of the books coming and you know it's coming. There's only five books that you get to have in your library for forever. What are they and which versions? Oh man, if, that's, if there's that's other a, versions. That's a great question. Well, the, the burning of the books is here and it is happening. Um, I watched it happen through the through the mass deletion through big tech. So it's here and it's happening. So that people should be addressing that. Uh, just because of the recent podcast and Cal, I would say the uh the 1611 king james bible which i i'm only on like page four it is the densest hardest read i've ever had in my life i if you want to go to sleep like no offense to people that read i'm just like it's just so hard for me to get through i'm like oh my gosh but yeah. i would i would want that now because i've never read it uh i love the autobiography of a yogi i think it's a fantastic book now if we're just talking straight up peak performance for those people out there um you know uh a, a basics of neuro-linguistic programming um, I probably grabbed my own book just because I wrote it and I, it's a compilation of all the, uh, the best peak performance techniques that I know. So I'd want a reminder of that. Cause I just like the tools and strategies, right? The stories are great, but I just want to know, what do I do? Like if I've got to build this house, if I got to get the mindset, where, hell, where can people get your do? book? Uh, zenathlete.com and then I, and on Amazon, if they want to get that. And, uh, what if, you're still, you know, if you're still supporting Amazon, which I do, yeah. I'm not trying to, I'm trying to I'm trying to cut back on that, but, uh, yes. Okay. And then yeah. you get, that's yeah, four. There's a, there, there's a series called, uh, what is it? Uh, the life and teachings of the masters, of the far East. That's <laughs> that stuff is trippy, trippy. That's a uh, autobiography of a yogi on steroids. So, uh, very, very interesting. The doubt of Ching. I like that. So I, I like, you know, I've read hundreds of books, but those are the ones at the top of my mind. I think that are, they're important. I'd, I'd want them all, man. I, when I travel, I always take too many books. And it's so heavy. <laughs> me, me too. Heavy. And then, I, I, and yet I, I have not developed the same fondness for like the Kindle. Or, I can't do the Kindle. Yeah, I, I can't. It. I can't either. I'm much more of a like taking notes and dog ear and pages and all yeah. that. Um, well, I'll throw a bonus one in there. What I would say, even with the book, just jur- bring bring a blank one to journal. I think that would be better uh, than anything. You know what I mean? Like good call. journaling your own experiences every single day. Um, in processing that you, you integrate the information so much more, even if you think it's nothing, it's something, you know what I mean? So, uh, be the master of your own story, write, write your own book. I feel like that would be the greatest book if you had one. That is great advice. Um, Matthew, this has been a blast. Thank you for coming on. Appreciate it. Yeah, this, this is awesome. I love your questions. Love your styles. It's so good. Such good questions. So, uh, I'll have to keep that in mind when my future podcasts, and then I'll have to invite you on the show too, man. If you want to come would, on, would love to come on guys. Uh, Matt Belair, Belair, <laughs> M A T T B E L A I R.com. Zen athlete.com. Uh, Matt, anywhere else that they should stay up to date with cool things you're working on and stuff you got coming out. Yeah, I got deleted. So, uh, get on my email list. If you like the content, the telegram there, uh, it's been a little bit, I'm making it lighter now. It's a little bit dark with just the current information. Cause you know, like I said, I have, I'm a martial artist, so I'm, you know, I'd rather be in the garden, but right now I'm kind of in the war, you know what I mean? Yeah. Trying to sit through all the psychological operations. Um, yeah. So check that out. And also, you know, I, uh, I've always helped a lot of people figure out what their life purpose is. The best tool that I know for that is a, is a hypnosis process that I've taken people through, not because I created it just because, uh, I, I test so many different things. And when we, when I ask people, what would they do with their life and they're in their head, their head's designed to keep them safe. To be safe, you need money um, to get food. 
right? If I ask you and you say, well, how am I going to make money? I'm not going to be able to get food. You're going to distort it. But if you're, if you're relaxed, meditative or hypnotized into your heart, you're asked the same questions, you get a very different answer. And it's the most powerful process. Um, so if they go to mattbelair.com, they can check out the quantum heart. Um, if they send me an email, you know, I can get them a copy of that as well. Um, there's a program with a lot of other meditations, but it's by far the most effective thing I've taken thousands of people downloaded it and, and hundreds of people have taken through and it's all gets, it gets a best, it's a squat for getting a clear direction. Cause it's not an end goal. Um, it is, it is a direction like Conor McGregor. He freaking got two belts. He made it to the UFC, got two belts. He got all the money and the guy's like 30 something. He's like, well, what the hell do I do now? Right. That, that would be by any standards, you know, somebody in an athletic thing, that would be the peak. Like that's what I want. Right. But it, life continues. Right. So now he's a father and it unfolds. And so, you know, when we, when we see it that way and we engage in it in that way, then it's up to us to show up to work. You know what I mean? He showed up when he was in construction and he made those things. So we all have that uh, capability and we, we just got to get tuned into our direction. And I feel like it's the simplest and most powerful process. It sounds uh, very interesting. And now, is this a course that you created or is this something that people can do with you? How does that work? Yeah. So it's a downloadable, um, uh, MP3. So it's a, it's a literally hypnosis. And so how, how it happened was I had a friend of mine who's so analytical and, uh, like, you know, I say, like, yo, what, what does your dream vision look like? You'd be like, Oh, another $10,000 of savings, something stupid. You know, he's, he's just one of those very digital auditory. So I was like, yeah. look, I'm just going to take you through a meditation. I, I take him through just off the top of my head and I'm like, all right, I'll hypnotize him into his heart. Right. Cause wherever you put your attention, energy and focus, right. That's the lens you're going to see through right? Like you can go into, into, if we're sparring in martial arts, I go, okay, just imagine you're a bear. And when you, when you do that, you'll spar differently. You know what I mean? Mm. Or in snowboarding, I go, oh, I can't imagine what it looks like to do a triple backflip 1080 or whatever the case is, right? It's like, okay, well, who can this person imagine you're that person, boom, they can visualize it immediately. Right. Mm. So that's why I put it into the heart. And so, um, we went through the process. He started crying and this is like a, a man that's, you know, not one to show his feelings. And so I was like, huh, that's fascinating. Started doing it with more people, same wild experiences of the first 10, uh, nine of them cried, one pissed himself from the quote unquote healing that they told me, um, and one popped out of their body. So I was like, all right, there's something to this. And all it is, is just putting the focus on your own heart, your own intelligence, your own innate knowing, not mine, not anyone else's friggin' yours. And I just to help you go there. You know what I mean? I just like, here, look it through that lens. What does that lens tell you? And your, you know, your heart is eternal. It knows that you live forever. It knows you're an eternal being. It's going to give you a totally different answer than your head. And so you can just listen to the, uh, so it's a series. Um, one of them is the heart hypnosis, but I ended up making a series last year because people are really enjoying it. And I said, well, here are other things that you can do to really cultivate and make it powerful. So they can go through that, but then they can also go through the next stage of how they um, create their life. So you know, when I studied law of attraction with Michael Lozier, things like that, what always bugged me was there's nothing meaningful, right? Oh, I want a million dollars. Oh, I want a big house. Oh, I want this. I don't want that. Well, nobody knew how to figure out what they wanted. And that's why I created this is like, well, what do you want? Well, Brody Carmichael wanted the front flip Superman, very clear, used visualization, boom, ding it. So for you, it might be a thriving community. The gardens are up. We've got 10 structures. Then you use that visualization process with the power of the heart. Boom. Now you're really attracting um, and magnetizing that reality. So we want to magnetize and create the reality that is meaningful, that is a heart-centered vision, who you truly are, then use those peak performance tools, everything else, and you will, you, will, you will start taking care of your body. You'll figure out the right diet. You'll do all this stuff because 
that will, that energy, that inspiration is going to start to move through you because now you want to get up, you want to build it. It's going to shift everything else. And, and that's a, you know, a huge key for, um, you know, us moving in a, in a meaningful direction. I dig check out the quantum heart hypnosis at mattbelair.com. Matt, it's been a blast, brother. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom and your time. We appreciate you. My pleasure, man. Have a great day. And I thank you for all the work you're doing. Make sure you subscribe, leave them a review. They help a lot and share the episodes. That helps too. Podcasting is a ton of work. So appreciate them. (laughs) Thank you, bro. Thank you, bro. What's up, guys? Anthony here. And thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Biohacking Secrets Show. One of my favorite things to do is helping men and women like you feel what it's like with the body you've always wanted, an all-day energy that starts the moment you wake up and doesn't quit. Over the past decade, we've created a proprietary health assessment that helps me to identify the unique toxicities and deficiencies that may be holding you back from the life that you deserve. And what we've discovered in doing this with now thousands of CEOs, executives, professional athletes, businessmen, Hollywood celebrities, and entrepreneurs is that there's always room for improvement and optimization. Whether you're already performing at a high level or you have that feeling inside your heart that you're capable of more, the single fastest way to unlock your potential is to upgrade your mind and your body. And there's no program on earth that does that faster or to a greater magnitude than our one-on-one consulting program at www.biohackingsecrets.com forward slash coaching. We start with our proprietary health assessment that screens you for vitamin deficiencies like A, D, magnesium, iron, etc., high cholesterol and heart disease, high blood pressure, digestive disorders, hidden infections like Lyme, Epstein-Barr, parasites, SIBO, candida, and more that can just drain your energy in the background, especially if you don't know about them. Anxiety, depression, and cognitive disorders, autoimmune disease, adrenal fatigue, thyroid issues, mold toxicity, heavy metals, environmental toxins, and other genetic risk factors like MTHFR, APOE status, your glutathione production, and many more. We even recommend the specific tests that I use with my one-on-one clients if they're relevant for you in figuring out your biological age and identifying those key areas and opportunities that can take your life to the next level. From there, we create a customized game plan along with a personalized supplement protocol to help you optimize your weight and energy at the cellular level. And for our platinum clients, we even include a personalized workshop with me in Delray Beach, Florida. Most of the year, this program's full with a waiting list, but we just had a couple spots open up and I wanted to offer them to the listeners of the Biohacking Secrets show first. So if you're interested in seeing what it might look like for us to work together, head over to www.biohackingsecrets.com forward slash coaching. That's www.biohackingsecrets.com forward slash C-O-A-C-H-I-N-G and fill out the short application form. If you're pre-approved, you'll be given the opportunity to book a time to connect with someone on our team and see if it's a fit. Thank you so much for being a part of this community, and I look forward to potentially going on this journey together. 